0: From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Today on the show, more Celsius news, and it's getting really bad. That in our weekend review, coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, October 7th, 2022. Uh, first thing I want to say is the Cleveland Guardians wild card today, 1207. Yes. Is this the year that the guards go to the World Series and win it all? Well, I know. Uh, fingers are crossed. It's a young team, but they're playing well. I'm excited to see what they do today. But other than that, I just want to say parental discretion is advised. So if you're driving your car with your kids or listening to this at the office, I I can't see that I'm not going to say some profane language with some of the news that came out overnight in regards to Binance, Celsius, some doxes, some just (laughs) crappy behavior. So just just warning. I might might lean into it I don't know yet I don't know I might I might not lean into it I'm not too sure what the whole podcast is going to be after 5-10 minutes maybe I'll calm down but we'll see but you know what I want to see right now are those crypto prices And recording this at 9:30 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time, we have Bitcoin sitting at 19,657 dollars, down 2.3% in 24. Ethereum's at 1,335 dollars, down 2.1% in 24. Tether's number three, USDC's number four, and Binance is at 283. Surprisingly, only down 3.6%. Running off the top ten, we're at XRP, BUSD, Cardano, Solana, and Dogecoin. The total market cap is at 1.75% down on the day, sitting at $947.3 We have a BTC dominance dropping to 39.8 and an F dominance of 17.3. Moving into our week in review and some headlines today, everything's going to be mixed in today because we have a lot of follow-ups from old news that we reported earlier in the week. So we're going to start on Monday. On Monday, we reported that... Former CEO of Celsius, Alice Mashinsky, allegedly withdrew $10 million from the company's account back in May, just weeks before the now defunct crypto lending firm froze customer withdrawals. Yesterday, Altcoin Daily they tweeted just in hashtag Celsius, top three executives cashed out around forty-two million dollars in crypto before bankruptcy. <laughs> Basically, they headed into their vaults, headed into their wallets, withdrew all the stuff that they wanted to withdraw, and then locked everybody out of their accounts. However, I do want to say I've never seen sources on this from Altcoin Daily, so we're going to say this is allegedly. However, we're going to have to say that the latest court found also revealed that Chief Strategy Officer Daniel Leon withdrew $7 million from the platform before he shuttered all withdrawals. Michinsky's wife, Christine, withdrew $2 Celsius tokens before the platform closed withdrawals. Nuke Goldstein withdrew $550,000 across a variety of cryptocurrencies before they closed withdrawals. And, well, that's reported in this filing. Now, the $42 million number that Altcoin Daily stated. However, I find it really compelling, and I think with a little digging and just a little bit more time, it's going to come up, and we'll find out how that adds out. In other Celsius news, and this one's a big one, Celsius revealed the names and transaction histories of hundreds of thousands of customers in a court filing. And the PDF is live for everyone to see. I downloaded this morning. It was a fourteen thousand five hundred page long PDF document, and it contained information such as customer names, crypto wallet IDs, transaction types and amounts, which services the customers used, and the types and quantities of tokens held. Basically, you can take this document, and you can put in your friends' names that might be in crypto, influencers' names that might be in crypto. And find out how much money they had on Celsius. How much money they were using for collateral. How much money they were just hodling. How much money they withdrew. How much money they lost or got locked out of. (laughs) This is a super big breach in privacy. The only silver lining to this dark, dark, dark cloud is that the crypto wallet addresses are redacted. Or else you would be able to see everybody's wallets and see everybody and see everything everybody's hodling. But I think it's bad enough. Literally, I've saw dozens of people's names that I know on this document. Nick Hansen, the CEO and co-founder of Luxor, said in a tweet that this Celsius leak may go down as one of the greatest breaches of customer information ever. And so why is it such a big deal? Well, not only do you dox everybody who's been using Celsius, you put a target on people's backs. It's not even just a target. People want to keep, you know, a lot of things that are close to their chest. Like, hey, how much money do you have? How much crypto do you hold? I know people on that list that I never knew how much money or crypto that they hold because I just talked to them as a friend. We said, hey, I do this. I do this. I have money in Celsius, Voyager. I, you know, have collateral. I'm hodling Bitcoin. I'm not hodling Bitcoin. But we never got into like the nitty gritty details. You know what? People want to just remain private. You know, just keep that to themselves. But now because of this, you have a glimpse into their finances. Very not cool. Actually, at the beginning, I said there would be, you know, parental discretion. You know what? I'm calmed down. (laughs) I am. Um, But I want your opinion. I want you to really, really write in and give me a really thoughtful answer because instead of being negative, instead of saying, hey, you know what? Alex, he needs to go to jail and blah, 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 blah. And all the comments that I probably have about Celsius right now and the doxing people and people's privacy and uh, them running off with $42 million. And I want you to write in And make your case or convince me of how this is a proactive or positive for the space. How this actually gets us to a goal that we want to see. And what is that goal? Because all I see is tradfi, unregulated TradFi nonsense being applied to these new companies. And it's not really building out the decentralized utopia of DeFi and so on and so forth that we hoped it would be. Where you can get paid interest on your hodlings like you used to in a bank. This is not what's happening. But I'm getting negative. I'm getting down. I'm getting pessimistic. I want you to pick me up, lift me up, and give me new ideas, give me new insight into what's happening and how this actually can be turned into a positive. Can you do that for me? Matthew Aaron at Crypt.co Also on Monday, what we saw was we had a Coinbase outage. Coinbase account owners with bank accounts found themselves unable to conduct transactions on Sunday morning and we identified the issue as a problem with the ACH withdrawals, deposits, and buys. Also on Monday, Solana suffered a major outage. At 7.01 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time on Friday, Solana posted that the network was experiencing degraded performance. And shortly after, Solana posted that the network is experiencing an outage and not processing transactions. And what happened was, it appeared that a misconfigured node caused the unrecoverable partition of the network. And what does that mean? Well, somebody told crypt, and this is what it means. A validator was running a duplicate validator instance. Meaning when it was their turn to produce a block, they produced one block from each instance for the same time slot. So some validators saw one block, and some saw the other block, then couldn't agree which block was correct. Both Coinbase and Solana are back online. Moving to Tuesday, on Tuesday we found out that Kim Kardashian was hit with a $1.26 million fine for allegedly failing to disclose $250,000 that she was paid to publish the Instagram post shilling a cryptocurrency called Ethereum Max. Also on Tuesday, Gary Vee and his Vee friends NFT, well they're evolving. Evolving out of the digital space into the meat space with plush toys and vinyl toys that are going to be sold at all Macy's and Toys R Us. So basically, you could buy NFT plush and vinyl toys for your kids or yourself. Again, my criticism of this is I really wish the NFT holders, in which I consider the seed round investors for Gary V's V friends, uh, were getting payback off of this IP. I wish that's how it was working. Moving into Wednesday. On Wednesday, Coinbase announced the expansion of its services to retail customers in Australia, making it easier for the residents of Oz, to buy, sell, and trade digital assets. Coinbase, which first started operating in Oz in 2016, allowing our Australian friends to buy Bitcoin and Ethereum, said it will be introducing PayID as a way for Australians to deposit funds using direct transfers from their bank accounts. Coinbase is also rolling out Retail Advanced Trading, a new tool that will give Australian registered customers access to powerful trading tools with one unified balance, as well as 24-7 chat support. Again, I think all this is gonna happen, but I'm very skeptical about the 24-7 chat support. Actually, let me take that back. I am skeptical of the efficacy of the 24-7 chat support. It'll probably just be some kind of AI bot thing with no real interaction with the person. You know the best chat support I've ever had was Namecheap, the place that you can buy web domains. Their chat service and their customer service is just remarkable. Coinbase, why don't you call them, see, see if they can help you out. Yesterday, we had a lot of Do Kwon and Terra Luna news. The South Korean Ministry of Foreign Affairs announced yesterday that the passport of Do Kwan, the Terra Luna CEO, will be canceled in 14 days. The ministry also ordered that the passport be returned to authorities. A statement, they said, if you, Do Kwan, keep the passport, the validity of your passport will be invalidated. Basically saying, in a very complex manner, your passport will be cancelled. As we all know, South Korean authorities issued an arrest warrant for Do Kwon, charging him with violating the country's Capital Markets Act. Shortly after that, the Ministry of Finance began working on voiding the crypto founder's passport. As the hunt for Do Kwon continued... Interpol approved South Korean prosecutors' request to issue a red notice. As we all know, red notices are issued to fugitives that are wanted for prosecuting or to serve a sentence. And basically it says, hey, law enforcement around the world, you guys all can get them. But then bring them back to South Korea. Also yesterday, we heard that Seoul's Southern District Prosecutor's Office arrested the head of general business operations at Terraform Labs. This person was reportedly the key aide to Terraform Labs co-founder and CEO, Do Kwan. However, we have an update. A judge at the Seoul Southern District Court has dismissed the warrant, citing the lack of necessity for his detainment. Yu Mo is the name of the head of general business operations at Terraform Labs, and Yu was accused of deploying a bot program while at Terra that artificially inflated and deflated the price of Terra's algorithmic stablecoin, UST. Despite these allegations, Yu is no longer warranted or wanted for arrest. Also happening on Thursday, Do Kwon denied reports that the South Korean prosecutor has frozen $39.6 million worth of his crypto assets. He said, in relation to this matter, Once again, I don't even use KuCoin or OKX. I have no time to trade. No funds have been frozen. I don't even know whose funds they've frozen. But good for them. I hope they use it for good. And moving into today's big news... Transactions on the Binance blockchain, also known as BNB chain and Binance smart chain, were halted after a potential exploit in the network was detected through a spike in irregular activity. BNB, Binance, Binance blockchain, the group tweeted, All systems are now contained, and we are immediately investigating the potential vulnerability. We know the community will assist and help freeze any transfers. According to blockchain security firm SlowMist, the exploit allowed criminals to get away with over. million in digital assets, including Ethereum, Polygon, BNB chain, Avalanche, Phantom, Arbitrum, and Optimism. 0 Fubar tweeted, The attacker is spewing funds across liquidity pools and utilizing every bridge they can get to safer chains. However, the security firm Slamis also said the hacker only managed to get away with roughly $110 million. That's because the majority of the stolen tokens, or $430 million worth, couldn't be transferred off the BNB chain following the chain suspension last night. Xerox Fubar also tweeted, Complete chaos on the chain. According to Samsung, a researcher at Paradigm said that the hacker somehow convinced Binance Bridge to send around 1 million BNB tokens out. Well, when it worked, the hacker then used the same exploit to send another 1 million BNB tokens, <laughs> as one would. Reports indicated that the hacker made off with an estimated 2 million BNB tokens. Binance Chain and CZ assured token holders that all funds are safe, as the stolen funds were not taken from wallets, but instead newly created by the attacker, meaning that he printed or minted new BNB tokens and made off with them. After this exploit, a listener wrote in, Sevik the D-Gen, said, hi, Matthew. The BNB chain was temporarily shut down as a response to an exploit. This got me thinking about centralized nature of our largest blockchains. What are your thoughts on the risk to blockchain users in regards to the blockchains with the ability to be switched off on command? How might regulations protect users from these risks? Thank you very much for this question. And this kind of goes back to just what I've been thinking about the space in the past year, year and a half or so. This is TradFi. If it's centralized, it's trans- TradFi. If you could turn it off, it's TradFi. If you can reverse it, it's TradFi. If you have one company or one CEO uh, controlling all this or a group of board members, it's TradFi. Just because Binance doesn't have a headquarters doesn't mean it's not TradFi. Look, why is it on the blockchain? Why don't they just make a bank? What is different about what we're doing here than, say, J.P. Morgan? And I think, honestly, the biggest competitors to Binance Smart Chain in the future are going to be the J.P. Morgans, maybe even Amazons. Maybe Apple. Who knows? But if they're centralized in nature, and they're centralized, reversible, controllable, you can shut them off. You have one point of attack. They go down or go offline because of these centralized validators. I just want to ask you, what is the difference between this and TradFi? The whole point was decentralization. For it to be immutable. For it to be out of the hands of control. For it to be transparent. So you asked, what are my thoughts on the risks? And the ability for this to be switched off on command. I just want to ask you, what's the difference between TradFi and this so-called DeFi? The only thing I see is higher risks. Risk to exploit, risk to hack, self-custody. Now you have a lot of wealth in your own pockets and you have no regulations or no insurance or nothing to help you if something happens. Okay, fine. Maybe you hold some b and number go up. But at this point, do the risks outweigh the reward? And are we just kidding ourselves that this is something different? Is it? Is it really? What do you think? Matthew in at Crypto.co. However, Sevik the d also said this. I really enjoy getting my daily crypto news from your show. Even if it took me months to learn to be okay with your pronunciation of F. Shots fired, d Shots fired. Sevik the d did say, I enjoyed learning that both are correct. <laughs> okay, you rolled it back very nicely. Thank you very much. Anyway, let me know what you think, Matthew, and at the Crypto.co. And in our final news today, MakerDAO, the world's largest decentralized finance lending protocol, announced on Thursday that it has a plan to invest $500 million in short term U.S. Treasury bonds and investment grade corporate bonds. The plan, which was approved by MakerDAO's members in a community-wide, month-long vote, will see $400 million of the organization's asset reserves put toward U.S. Treasury bonds and $100 million invested in corporate bonds. The pilot transaction of $1 million has already been completed, with the rest soon to follow. However, goes back to my last rant, this behavior is inconsistent with MakerDAO's ethos of decentralization. Funds are going into an asset backed directly by the U.S. government, which is about as centralized as it gets. Now look, I am not a person in the crypto space that is saying down with Fed or down with the government or down with Fiat or down whatever. But I did really like the decentralized hedge that we would have. Something that was created and held by the people that you couldn't shut off. But everything is going more and more centralized. I, I don't... I just... I'm just having a hard time with the whole space moving to TradFi, corporate structures. Just the same old, same old when we have the potential to do so much more. Am I just getting old and getting shaking my fist at a cloud and telling kids to get off my lawn or do i have a point please snap me out of this maybe i'm getting too pessimistic too cynical maybe i've been in the space too long and need to take a break or maybe i'm spot on what do you think Matthew at decrypt.co thank you for listening to this episode of the decrypt daily my name is matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, leave me a good comment, please, and five stars. And if you're listening on other platforms, click those five stars over there, write those comments. Tell everybody that this is the best damn crypto news show that is always, always coming out daily. And they've been doing so for over 700 shows and continue to do so. And until Monday, happy hodling, everyone.